Okay, we're going to get started in about uh, one minute, so if you're out in the commons and you want to join us, come join us. While folks are getting seated, we're not going to have a question and answer period at the end of the presentation, but the basses will be here, so feel free as we have coffee and tea to come ask them questions that, that you may have. Um, and so I think I met Derek and Elizabeth, I don't know, has it been eight years now? Somewhere in there. And I was over there for a week teaching. Some of you know I teach uh, about once a year a class at Tyndale. And they were coming, uh, they were getting settled in, uh, moving their whole family over there. Uh, Derek is married to Elizabeth, and they have four kids. Let's see if I can get this right. Elijah and Caleb and Micah and Anna. Is that right? Yeah, good, good. And uh, our uh, brother Derek um, has studied quite a bit and finished, I think, with a Ph.D. in Old Testament studies at uh, Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and has been for about eight years now teaching uh, at Tyndale. And so it's been great to know the kind of work that they're doing, to see that up hand, uh, you know, up close and personal, but also to become friends with, with Derek and, and with their family. And so um, it's, a, it's a privilege for us to have you here. So thank you, and thank you for your work. Brother, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thanks, Ryan, and thanks, church. I want to say um, just real quick, too, uh, on behalf of our family, our thankfulness for Grace Baptist Chapel and your partnership with us in the gospel. It's been several years now, uh, three or four, I think. Um, but it is, on our end of things, very encouraging to have like-minded churches that we know are praying for us, obviously supporting financially, but the, the praying and thinking and praying for us is a massive thing. So we, we really thank you for your support and your partnership. So this first slide is obviously from around the corner. No, it's, uh, you know, a cityscape in Amsterdam, probably, on one of the massive canals. Um, but I entitled this, The Basses in Amsterdam at Tyndale, The Gospel to the Nations. And we really feel like just our teaching at Tyndale, in and of itself, is, is quite missional uh, in its function, uh, just given the diversity of our student body, that we have students coming to Tyndale from all over Asia, Africa, and Europe. Uh, so our background is Southern Baptist. The International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention is the largest mission-sending organization, and the IMB is sending missionaries cross-culturally to many, if not... Well, not all, but many, I think, maybe all, of the, of the countries uh, that we have students coming to us from studying uh, with the aim of, you know, master's level theological education, them studying with us for two years or three years, depending upon the degree, and then returning to their home country uh, to minister the gospel there. And over, well, over 35, almost 40 years in, Tyndale has about an 85% return rate. That is to say, about around 85% of our graduates return home to their home countries to minister the gospel, which is significantly higher 
than when people uh, from those same countries come all the way to the U.S. to study. They often never make it home. You know, after two or three years living in greater comfort, it's then hard to, to release on that. Um, so this is my family. Uh, the remaining five that uh, Ryan, you know, got 100% on the naming of. This is not that old of a picture, but you can tell they've grown a lot since then. So here's the, the vision or the mission statement of the school. Tyndale Theological Seminary stands as a witness, as a witness for Christ in multicultural Europe, equipping leaders to reach Europe and the world with the gospel. So I talked about our students coming from so many different cultures, but another aspect that always has gotten us excited about serving at Tyndale is just living in the Netherlands. Again, the IMB has several uh, missionaries in the Netherlands where we are seeking to reach the lost with the gospel. So we get excited with the idea of living on mission, just living in a house, mixing up with our neighbors, in addition to investing in the lives of our students. So here's a recent picture of faculty and staff and student body. I think this is about a year out of date, but gives you an idea of the diversity of the student body. Um, some diversity you can see on the front row in our, in our faculty. Um, we're largely male and American professors, um, but we have more and more European professors, and on the end, uh, my brother Rachman Yakubu on the end, um, he is from Ghana, his wife is Dutch, he was a Tyndale Theological Seminary student, got a PhD in Germany, he's back now teaching in our uh, practical ministries department. So more and more our uh, faculty is beginning to resemble our student body, which I think is a good thing. So just some things I've already mentioned, but Tyndale Theological Seminary is ethnically and culturally diverse. Uh, we have over 85 countries represented among our alumni. So over 85 different countries. And again, these are countries that are needy for the gospel. Uh, on any given year at Tyndale, we have between 20 and 30 different countries represented in our student body. Uh, we are a theologically diverse faculty because we're an interdenominational seminary. So all of my degrees in theological education are from Southern Baptist schools, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, Southern Seminary. So it's, it's not that there's not some diversity there, but the diversity is, is smaller. So an interdenominational faculty, are, we're committed to the core tenets of evangelicalism. Uh, we are a confessional school. Our profs sign each year uh, our doctrinal statement. We're committed to uh, maintain theological orthodoxy. That said, I am a Baptist. I'm Reformed and Baptistic. Uh, we have a couple of those on faculty. We also have a Presbyterian, uh, multiple Anglicans, and Assemblies of God uh, professor. So there is some theological diversity. Uh, also, there's theological diversity and cultural diversity amongst our student body. Uh, so within the broad evangelical tent, I think there's a beautiful diversity that is at work at Tyndale. And I would say another aspect of Tyndale is an intensive holistic education aimed at the heart and not simply information transfer. So 
We are a smaller school of about 65 students and about 12 faculty. That student-to-faculty ratio is quite good. Uh, it affords us the opportunity to do more than just lecture to our students, uh, grade their papers, and so forth. And I know all schools are aiming to do more than that, but we actually have the ability to know our students, regularly breaking bread with our students there in the cafeteria at lunchtime, uh, getting to know them after class. They know our doors are open. I tell my students all the time, you know, my doors open even when it's not. I typically keep my office door closed because there's always laughing and carrying on. People at Tyndale seem to like each other, and I'm like, I'm trying to work in here, you know? Anyway, I distract very easily. So this is another little, this, and, and Ryan has seen this, this hangs in our cafeteria, and I always like to bring people in when I'm showing them around Tyndale, but it just kind of gives you uh, perspective. I'm going to make it a little bit bigger. Perspective, you know, in picture, because I say 20 to 30 different countries every year. You know, our students are literally coming from everywhere, uh, largely Europe, Asia, and Africa, to study at Tyndale. Um, one of the things I like to talk about, oh, man. So my slide is like blank. It had these cool little pictures on it. Maybe you can see the cool. No, you can't. It's blank, too. So, but anyway, what I like to talk about with Tyndale is what I call, and I coined this, not that I'm bragging about it too much, but Tyndale itself creates this situation, what I like to call the, the built-in gospel corrective. Uh, when you have, let's say, a class of 16 students uh, from 12 different countries, whether it's a, theolo uh, a theology class or whether it, in my case, is interpretation, we're looking at the Hebrew Bible and we're seeking to exegete passages, as soon as you start interpreting, as soon as you start theologizing, what inevitably happens is everybody brings a little bit of their culture with them to that process. It's almost impossible not to do that. Now, if you're studying at Southern Seminary with largely, you know, people from your own sort of, you know, background, or if you're studying over at another school with all Dutchies, or if you're studying in West Africa and Ghana, you don't see this, but as soon as you mix a bunch of cultures together and you're studying theology together, you're studying the Word of God together, all of a sudden those cultural idols start revealing themselves. And what I tell students is, if we'll be kind and loving toward one another, we can really help each other a lot. Because a simple question of, that's interesting, where do you see that in the text? You know, helps a person go, hmm, yeah, I guess that's more uh, Ghana than Bible. And maybe that's something I'm smuggling into the Bible uh, that's not actually there. And so what ends up happening is our students should, over two to three years, become more and more clear on the gospel, more and more clear on the things from their culture that get elevated and are actually idols that need to be deconstructed via the gospel. And then a big part of Tyndale is what we're doing is 2 Timothy 2.2, you know, where Paul says to Timothy, teach these things to faithful, faithful brothers who can teach them to others also. So we're wanting to send our folks, our graduates, back to their home countries better able than to equip others. We're trying to train leaders and impact, you know, their home cultures through training leaders. And that has a, uh, you know, an exponential Missional impact when you're training leaders. So that's the goal. 
This is a picture of our latest graduation. Back row is uh, professors and some administrators. The front row is uh, our graduating class. Um, I see in there the Netherlands, Cameroon, Rwanda, uh, Ethiopia, um, Ghana, and uh, Hungary. Thank you. Hungary, that's right. Um, so I'm going to run through a couple of things, like how I serve at Tyndale, what I do at Tyndale. Uh, then I'm going to call Elizabeth up in a second to talk about her, what she does at Tyndale, because over our eight years there, she has uh, had this increasing role, and I would say very strategic and effective role. So one of the things I do is I teach Hebrew exegesis. I teach Hebrew. I teach exegesis classes and Old Testament theology. So my part to play as professor of Old Testament. So here is me this year teaching a beginning Hebrew class. So I regularly tell my students, so Tyndale is a, student, uh, Tyndale is a school that emphasizes the biblical text. So uh, we require in our basic Master of Divinity, we require, require four semesters of Hebrew and five to six semesters of Greek. Uh, which is beautiful because it's just enough, that sounds like a lot, and it is, but it's just enough to make all the painful efforts of these first two semesters of Hebrew, which are brutal, uh, worthwhile. By third and fourth semester, now we're doing exegesis, now we're, you know, the training wheels come off, now we're able to, to read the text together, exegete passages, see what all this hard work was was four, and I tell the students from day one, there's no theology without morphology, right? So starting with the, my, my goal in life, my existence in Tyndale, is to take the students from the Hebrew alphabet to my Old Testament theology class where they're seeing linguistically in the Hebrew text connections within the text, how the text works through hooks and through quotation and allusion to see how later Old Testament writers are referring back, how they're reusing scripture and applying it in their context. What I'm teaching them, here's a big couple of words, interbiblical hermeneutics. We've all read the New Testament, and we've read Paul quoting the Old Testament, and maybe you flip back to that passage, and maybe you've had a moment where you say, what in the devil is Paul doing with this Old Testament passage? Well, the short answer is, he's teaching us also, he's He's also teaching us how to read the Old Testament. But I would just say first and foremost, and have to sum it up with this, he's, he's reading the Old Testament correctly. And what we see when we carefully read the Old Testament is that the prophets, and even Moses, uh, is doing the same thing throughout the Torah, throughout the prophets, the psalmist. David, my goodness, his 73 psalms are just laced with the Torah. Like he's praying the Torah, Right? And, and to see then that intercanonical, interbiblical hermeneutic and how, and to trace it and to see how it is, is growing typologically and pointing to Christ, that's where I'm trying to get my students. And what I find when I do this, and I'm increasing in my facility and ability to do it, is it just gives them massive confidence in the Word of God. Uh, they come out of these courses, you know pumped and excited to preach the gospel from the first 76% of our Bible. I like to say that, the first 76% of our Bible. 
Um, so there's no theology without morphology. This is what I'm trying to do. Here are some classes over the last few years. This is the first class I ever taught at Tyndale Theological Seminary. Rwanda, Germany, two Greeks, a Ukrainian, a Ghanaian, and then Kai on the end is Dutch, uh, Chinese. Um, here is a more recent class of students, Stefan, a German, giving a presentation. Um, yeah, just really, really great students we're getting to work with. Yeah, some of my... Some of my slides are messing up, but no worries. Um, another aspect is mentoring or shepherding at Tyndale. My, so my part to play as a mentor, um, I mentioned holistic education. We're, we're, we're seeking to do more than just information transfer. We believe that training future ministers of the gospel is more than just getting the right thoughts in their head. We're trying to also talk about how thinking about God doing theology ought to move our hearts. It ought to stir our affections. As, yeah, as I preached earlier today and even tonight, it ought to move us to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It, it, I tell my students from time to time because I'll get this, oh, I'm so dry spiritually. I'm like, this is such a beautiful illustration of original sin, you know, if I've ever seen one, that we can be studying theology we could be doing nothing but like studying about God, and yet our hearts are growing cold toward God in the process of that. It's almost like the old saying, you know, familiarity can breed contempt. Like sitting around, we're studying God, and, and yet our hearts can grow cold. So these students need mentoring and shepherding. You know, they're thinking a lot, and sometimes, you know, they're struggling through some of these thoughts, even at a very conservative seminary like ours. And so I love to, to guide the students through that process. And so here's the first ever group of mentees, um, uh, a fellow named Ottavio, uh, Florin from Romania, and some, actually, you might know Ottavio. Yeah, okay. All right. And then Victor uh, looking over my shoulder. So it's, it's, my first group was Nigeria, Italy, Romania. Nice little group. And this is a more recent group of mine. Uh, Ajay, John David, and Eugene. So that's um, India, Rwanda, Ghana, slash uh, the Gambia. And boy, you can tell the kids are growing. There's our dog, Brady. Just a fun fact, he's named after the great Tom Brady. We don't, we, we happen to be New England. Well, we serve in church planting and pastoral ministry for 10 years in New England, and like good missionaries, you adopt the things in culture that you can sink your teeth into and connect with other people. And baby, we sunk our teeth into that one. All right. So we regularly have students to the house. We love our students. And John David looks very excited here in the green. It's because they're about to, they're about to eat the graduate burger. Uh, our students know about Bass Burgers coming over the house, student cookouts and hanging out and eating and enjoying fellowship together. But when my mentees graduate, they get the graduate. That's two, like, nearly half-pound patties, uh, cheese. I think it's like six or eight pieces of bacon, uh, and then an egg, a fried egg on the top. Yeah, that's right, that's right. 
And then when my colleague graduated with his PhD, we somehow we threw something else on there to have a PhD graduate burger. Mario, we got to take care of him. So here's some of this is Florin in an earlier picture. He's now graduated. He's serving as one of the pastors of a Romanian-speaking church in Rotterdam. Uh, this is Anton Stokes from Zimbabwe. Uh, he's now, I think, a Dutch citizen, but he serves in a local church as well as continuing to serve or continuing to work uh, in industry. Um, here's a student between myself and a former colleague. Uh, the guy in the middle is Jacob Ott serving with African Inland Mission in Tanzania. He's a great, great brother. This is a guy who spent so much time in my office, like just come by and asking questions. So stuff extends from the classroom to the office. And this is Ajay. I don't know how many dinners he prepared for us. I, I became a lover of Indian food. I used to not be so much. If you're like me of old, I used to not like, oh, it's, it's amazing. He won me over. And here is Ajay before getting on a plane and heading back to Hyderabad, India, where he's in the process of planting a church. Um, Hyderabad is population of just the, the, the city itself, not the region, but just the city, 6.9 million. Uh, they're, they're planting a church in Telugu. Um, when, I got, when I got back to my office after dropping him off, I just wept and wept and wept. You know, we want them to go home. We train them to go home. But man, was it hard for this guy to go home. You know what I'm talking about. Great guy. What did I just do? There I go. Oh, man. So let's start over. Back at the, I like to say, oh, maybe we can go back to the built-in gospel corrective now. Where are we at here? Okay, Ajay. I'm getting misty up here. Misty-eyed. So dropping him off. Um, and now the next part is talking about my part to play as director of institutional relations. So in addition to uh, teaching, in addition to chairing the biblical studies department, I now serve as our Director of Institutional Relations, seeking to connect Tyndale uh, with other institutions and ministries within the Netherlands, within Europe, and then global, globally. But my focus is in Europe. And I, I could say a lot, but I want to just focus on a, a, a recent thing that has come up this spring and uh, is just really, really encouraging. Uh, but I went to a conference back in March, a conference of Central and Eastern European Baptist. I had no business being there as a Western European Baptist. I'm not even a Western European Baptist. I'm, I'm an American for crying out loud. But I went, sat in, was, was, was with fellow theologians, uh, but from Central and Eastern Europe, and they just accepted me in. I do what every American should do in a situation like this, which is talk as little as possible. Nobody likes the ugly American that runs their mouth and thinks they have all the answers. So I just listened, listened, listened until they started asking me questions. And by the end, you know, we were thinking about different things that they want to do to bring these theologians together across Central and Eastern Europe. And so in April of 2024, we're going to have a conference on uh, uh, sec human, uh, human sexuality and personal identity or something like this. So... They asked me, this guy, Mateos, asked me to give one of the papers, and I'm happy to do it. But I became really good friends with Mateos while I was there. I uh, didn't really know who he was. I'm just, I didn't know who anybody was. But 
Turns out he is now the president of the European Baptist Federation. In addition to being a professor of theology at Warsaw Baptist Theological Seminary, he's a leader among Central and Eastern European Baptists. He's been the president of the Baptist Union for like 10 years pre previously uh, in, in, um, in Poland. Um, and anyway, we, we really just hit it off. Very like-minded, like-hearted. Um, ah, he's a great guy. And so he invited me to come to, to Poland in June, um, the week before our big conference that we put on. I'll talk about in a second. But I was able to go and give several lectures with his students um, and, and preach at his church. He's coming, and he's going to be our colloquium speaker uh, in the fall. Ryan, you'll appreciate this. He's a Polish Baptist, but he wrote his dissertation, which is published in Polish, uh, on Abraham Kuyper and public theology. So it's a little funny. He's a Baptist, you know, writing on a Dutch Reformed theologian that was trying to think through what are the relationships between the church and the state and wrestling through these things. So I'm excited to have the president of the European Baptist Federation uh, coming to our campus to invite all Dutch Baptist to our campus to have him speak about a Dutch theologian. I just think that's really cool. Uh, but he's an even greater brother. And this is a picture of me uh, teaching at their seminary. I got to teach a little bit about Hosea's hermeneutics. Uh, and they were, they were eating it up and asked for an extra lecture and was having a lot of fun with that. Um, so I want to bring Elizabeth up. And I'll just kind of stand to the, I'll sit down over here. Uh, but just talk a little bit about, somehow the, the, the bullet points didn't show up, but talk okay. a little bit about what you're doing. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. Um, before I get into what I do at Tyndale, thank you for the missionary house. It's been really fun. We got there and there was flour and cooking oil and gift certificates, and it, it's great. Thank you so much. The kids have enjoyed it. They've enjoyed the basketball goal. <laughs> it's been great, so thank you very much. Um, also, uh, Ryan's work at Tyndale has been tremendous. He's kind of a fixture teaching pastoral counseling classes at our school, and um, I'll brag about him, but the students regularly talk about his class and how it's one of their favorites. Um, so anyway, just to brag on your pastor a little bit. Um, and then also I want to touch a little bit on our kids and their role at Tyndale as well. So Tyndale is a small school, um, which is great for relationships and intimacy and also our kids being able to be involved. Um, so when we first moved to the Netherlands, I actually homeschooled the kids for two and a half years. So we were pretty flexible in the things that we could do. So the kids participated in a lot of things at the school. They'd eat lunch at the school with the students, and um, we have different various activities at the school. Um, one of the things that we do twice a year is an all-school cleaning day. So all of the students are um, expected, and it's a part of their curriculum, if you will, to serve um, in various areas called community duties. Um, so everyone has a responsibility at the school. Um, so that's washing dishes in your first year at the school. They get stuck in the kitchen cleaning up after meals, um, cleaning bathrooms, uh, emptying out the trash cans, mowing the grass. And then twice a year, everybody, students, faculty, staff, families, we clean the campus spotless, um, and then we have an all-school barbecue at the end of the night. 
So the kids always participate in that. Um, and then something else that we do uh, at our school, because we are small, is once a month we celebrate everyone's birthdays. So something that the spouses do, so the spouses of the faculty members or some of the staff members, um, we just want to show hospitality and set an example to the students of what gospel hospitality looks like. And so a lot of these, well, most of the students are away from home. They're away from their wives, from their children. So it's just really nice to bless them. And so once a month, all the wives bring treats, popcorn, cake, whatever, cookies. And then we just celebrate. We sing happy birthday and happy anniversary to all the folks for that month. And then we just enjoy a bit of a feast. It's such a glimpse of heaven. The kids can come when they don't have school. Um, it's nice when the kids are running around. Um, also, because it's such a small school, our kids get to know the students really well. Um, and we have students at our house. Um, we live close to the school, which we were really intentional about um, and very patient as well. It took nine months to, <laughs> when we first got there to find a house. Um, and so students come to our house. We've even had a student pop by to want to go on a prayer walk with one of our kids. They've encouraged our kids. They play soccer together. Um, they text one another even after they graduate. Um, and so the kids' graduation's difficult because, you know, our hearts go with them. But a week later, new students come, and the kids have said they leave, but then really great ones come. So, like, it's always, um, yeah, Giving your heart away is a risky thing, but so far it's, it's blessed us. Um, so, yeah, our kids play a tremendous role in that. And also, just as the students miss their families, a lot of them come also from cultures where they really value children and love children. And our kids have just kind of been a blessing in that regard as well. Because, um, yeah, it's just been great. Um, my role at Tyndale it has changed over the years. Of course, I was homeschooling at first, and then um, getting the kids settled into Dutch public school, um, just being available for them, um, and then just seeing some needs and seeing how I can meet some of those needs. As Derek mentioned, we were in pastoral, well, yeah, we were in church planting. Derek was a pastor for 10 years in New England, and so I think coming from that, um, just very organically bringing that heart and those eyes into ministry at Tyndale, seeing needs and trying to meet them and bless the people around us. So at the time, uh, we, our president and his wife, she was taking on a lot of responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities was in this area of hospitality. Um, it was kind of expected that the president's wife always did all of those things, hosted all the birthday celebrations and was in charge of all the women gathering and getting together. And so why don't I do it for a couple of years? And then every two years we just rotate. So then we share the load, we share the burden. And also that ministry doesn't take on one person's personality. Um, and so I was able to do that uh, for three years because we had, uh, in Europe we say Corona. I think you guys say COVID. We call it Corona time. Um, so I served for three years in that capacity. Um, and then I was able to pass it on to another wife who's doing a much better job than I did. So <laughs> that's a huge blessing. Um, 
there came a need in our kitchen at Tyndale. Um, we had a Dutch woman, uh, a non-believer, who was a paid staff member, uh, and she was our cook. She'd been a caterer for years, and so that ended up coming to Tyndale and, and cooked for us for 10 years. Um, and she, it's a really physically demanding job. You're cooking for about 40 adults, um, lunch and dinner. Um, so Thursdays and Fridays you're doing double dinners so that they have dinner for the weekend. Um, and my former colleague was in her 60s, and it's just physically demanding. So she requested help, um, and our, uh, yeah, some one of our staff members asked if I'd be willing to cook in the kitchen with her, and it was really fun. She taught me so much. Uh, corona hit, and then we couldn't cook together anymore. Um, so then I just ended up taking one day of the week. So then she was only working four days a week, and I had one day a week, and I loved it. So I did that for three years. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like an amazing cook. I enjoyed serving, and I, my favorite part, I was telling Ryan and Christy, was just the students popping by. And it wasn't just students. It was like faculty and staff members sometimes as well because um, it was pretty quiet in the kitchen. Um, I got to pray with a lot of people, and, uh, yeah, it was a huge blessing and um, a privilege. Now what I do... Um, is to lighten someone else's load. <laughs> so one of our staff members, um, well, let me say this again, because Tyndale's a small operation, many of our staff, faculty, um, and volunteers wear many hats. So you'll have one person doing like five different things and five very significant things. So it can be a bit overwhelming. And we're all missionaries, so we're like, never want to say no, we want to do our best. Um, but we need to protect and guard one another as well so that we can <laughs> persevere in the task. So um, Derek has been uh, running with these initiatives that he'll tell you about and just needed more support and help. And it was becoming too much uh, for our office to handle. So they asked me if I would consider uh, assisting Derek. And so I am Derek's assistant. Um, and so that is taking shape and it's still morphing and weaving, um, but I'm trying to help um, solidify contacts that we make, that we don't just make these connections and then nothing happens. So making sure we're following up with people that we're connecting with, making sure the contact information is put in a spreadsheet. So very non-flashy things, but necessary things. Um, I'm also helping with student recruitment and trying to think of ways in which we can um, no longer be the Netherlands' best-kept secret. We don't want to be a secret. Um, we know that we provide excellent theological education, conservative, evangelical, Christ and his kingdom, theological education. We want people studying with us. And so I'm trying to help the school get our name out there. So different things like what conferences should we have a table at? What should we have on the table? Just very basic, practical things. Um, something else along those lines with student recruitment um, is in America we call it a preview day. So um, Derek had the idea of why don't we have an open day at Tyndale, um, a preview day. And so I've helped with that. So we had, we've had two now, and then next year we're going to have two in one year or this coming year. Um, and that proved very successful because, as you guys know, 
You can hear about something, read about something on the internet, but actually being there and experiencing it, and they get to come to class, they get to interact with students, um, they get to interact with our faculty, eat with us, uh, worship with us in our chapel service. It's, it's tremendous, and it's a no-brainer. So I help coordinate that and plan that. Um, I think that's it. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So as Derek mentioned, um, he attended uh, Southern Seminary, and I did as well. That's where we met. Um, while I was at Southern, I got to help with campus tours, and I served as what's called an ambassador. I'm a pretty extroverted, outgoing person, so it was really fun for me. And in God's providence, I'm able to use some of that experience at Tyndale. So we have our Tyndale student ambassadors. So they're hand-selected students that represent the student body, and they're kind of the voice of the students when we have guests come. Um, and this is a great picture, not just of who we are as a school currently, but also who we want to be as a school. Um, we want to train people from all over the globe, including Europe, as our mission statement says, Europe and beyond. Um, and the reality is there are less and less Christians in Europe, so naturally there are going to be less and less people wanting to train for pastoral ministry. So that would be a huge prayer point. Just pray that the Lord would raise up men to want to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Netherlands, in Western, Central, and Eastern Europe. Um, so this is a picture of who we are and who we want to be. So Ajay from India, Stefan from Germany, Kofi from Ghana, Karen in the front from the Netherlands, um, Aaron in the back from the Netherlands, and then uh, Jasmine from Pakistan. Um, I think that's it. Great. Thanks, babe. Um, so a couple of other things in my role as uh, Director of Institutional Relations. Um, we've, we've had over the last, well, since before I got there, a colloquium in the fall, a colloquium in the spring, where we're bringing outside speakers. I mentioned this Mateos Vickery from Poland who I'm bringing in in the fall. Uh, but actually, Elizabeth had the idea of taking our spring colloquium and making it a full-blown lecture series. And so in the name of uh, my predecessor uh, in Old Testament, Ellis Bratzman, uh, we launched this past spring, this last past May, uh, the Bratzman Lecture. So it's a, it's a new yearly lecture series in which we bring well-known evangelical scholars to campus to address significant theological issues facing the church. Uh, the aim is to enrich the Tyndale experience for our students, but also raise our school's profile on the continent of Europe. I'll, I'll show you who we brought in this year and who we've got upcoming. Uh, but within our context, this, this actually helps, yeah, people should be impressed that we had the speaker come in and, and address our student body. Um, and then I also organized a day with some partners, some Dutch partners, for our lecturer to then go and in, in another context give the same three lectures uh, to a larger group of Dutch theologians and pastors because we don't want to bring these great speakers over just to have them address us at Tyndale. We want to resource the church. We want to be a blessing to the church. So we named it after my predecessor, Ellis Bratzman, who is 23 years at Tyndale. He's author of a well-known evangelical text criticism, Old Testament textual criticism. Uh, he's a former board member as well as still serving as emeritus faculty 
Really, really lovely brother. I'm thankful for him. He's also been a great encouragement to me as I came over. This, uh, this spring, we had um, uh, Dr. Thomas R. Schreiner from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary come and give three lectures on the topic justified and running to win the prize. So he gave three lectures, justification were the reformers right, perseverance is obedience necessary, and then living out justification by faith in our everyday lives. If you're interested, you can watch those lectures on our YouTube channel. Uh, but Schreiner, um, if you don't know who he is, he's, he's written, I mean, just tons on Pauline theology, New Testament theology, a whole Bible theology, tons of commentaries. But the thing that strikes me about Tom as both, he was my pastor during seminary, but also one of my doctoral supervisors. He is probably the most brilliant man I've ever met in my life, and he's also probably the most humble man I've ever met in my life. And those are that's the more beautiful thing is his humility, I must say. That he's a gift to the church, and he and his wife Diane really blessed and served us while they were in town. So I mentioned resourcing the church in the Netherlands. So after he spoke at Tyndale the next day, I took him and he gave the same lectures in this one day preachers and leaders conference uh, set up that Tyndale is a part of, along with a, uh, a group called Kloofsteroosting and Heart for the Gemeente. So those are yeah, Dutch terms. Um, next year, we'll be bringing over a guy named Dirk Jonken, um, maybe a little less well-known than Tom Schreiner. He'll be addressing us uh, with three talks on the theme, Reading the Words of Jesus. Um, and then, again, I'll take him the following day to give those same lectures. He's actually a Dutchman, so when I take him to address the Dutch context, he'll give the lectures in Dutch. He'll give the lectures in English at Tyndale, and then in Dutch to that larger context. And he's also a graduate of Tyndale Theological Seminary. So I'm excited, as like the Director of Institutional Relations, to have like our most illustrious graduate coming back uh, to address... Uh, faculty and students uh, in the name and honor of the man who taught him biblical Hebrew, Ellis Bratzman, give these lectures and then turn around and give them in Dutch to that context as well. Um, one of the partners that I work with for a conference I'll talk about in a second, this Roosting, my friend Marcel Fruchop, who runs that, is busy translating a lot of books from English into Dutch to just make certain uh, certain uh, books available, more accessible, uh, but Dirk is going to give his lectures in Dutch so they can be quickly just rendered into a book uh, in Dutch. Um, so resource, resourcing the church in the Netherlands, uh, in addition to teaching at Tyndale and, and investing in our students, uh, back in 2019, the Lord opened up an unforeseen door for me to partner with Marcel, this Dutch brother working with Geloofsteroosting, and begin to offer a yearly pastors conference. We call it PNL Preachers and Leaders Conference. Um, so the first year we did the conference. Well, this is I, this is how I describe the conference. The conference exists to resource and encourage preachers and leaders for the church. It is a conference centered on Christ and the gospel, aiming for gospel clarity first and foremost. That culminates in the centrality of the gospel and everything for life and ministry. Um, so that's like the big rubric of the conference. The first year we did uh, a conference really on expository preaching. Uh, so these are the three main speakers that year. I was leading this thing. Uh, it was quite encouraging. 
Uh, we somehow shoehorned about 90 people into our chapel. That was probably about 10 more than uh, we probably should have under law. Um, but other fruits that came from that, uh, one fruit of that is I met this man, uh, Case von Krollingen. Uh He is um, uh, a Baptist. He's an elder in a Reformed Baptist church near um, Rotterdam. Uh, he is one of the founding members of the Gospel Coalition Netherlands. Um, he is one of these brilliant guys who got a Ph.D. in biology, had a whole career uh, in resource and development or research and development. That's what it is, research and development, R&D. And then, and, and, and then in his retirement did a Ph.D. Uh, in systematic theology and apologetics at the Free University um, he now teaches adjunctively for Tyndale. Now, this, for me, was a huge blessing and win to have this Dutch brother teaching yearly for us. He's become a dear friend. Uh, and his leadership of Gospel Coalition, or, yeah, the Gospel Coalition Netherlands, he and I are working together as well on these conferences. Another fruit of our first conference is that Eric Fahm planted a Baptist church in the south of Rotterdam during COVID. Uh, so this is a glorious unintended consequence of gathering like-minded brothers for a conference on expository preaching. Dutch Baptists met international Baptists. They didn't know one another before this conference. And the result of it is this brother and another older Dutch brother uh, guided and directed about, at the time, about 20 or 30 young Dutch Baptists to plant this church. Now, you don't start a conference thinking, okay, one of the goals of this conference is we're going to plant it. No, but it, but it happened, and it was glorious. And Eric comes to everything that we do and has become a good friend of mine. Last year, we did our conference on biblical theology, how God's big story changes everything. Uh, this is Jim Hamilton and myself uh, during a Q&A time. Jim is professor of biblical theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's written a lot in biblical theology. Uh, this past June, uh, we had our third conference on doxology, the goal of knowing God. Um, and this was, a, I think this was our best conference yet. Uh, so I got to speak at this along with uh, my colleague at Tyndale behind me, a guy named David Sandifer. Um, the guy to my right on the front row is Matt Boswell. We sang his song, His Mercy is More. So Matt came over and spoke, led several sessions of worship Jim Hamilton and behind him was back to give several talks. And then the two brothers on the end are two Dutch brothers. The one on the front is a graduate of Tyndale uh, and a well-known Baptist pastor. He gave one of the sermons. And then Hank Vonden Belt of the Free University, uh, professor of systematic theology and uh, chair over the Herman Bovink Center, uh, gave the first talk on the Trinity and doxology. Very, very encouraging time. And I got to give... Uh, my sermon for the, uh, for the um, conference was what I preached this morning. Um, next year, I'm not sure if you know the name, Carl Truman um, and his book, um, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. I always forget the subtitle. And then Strange New World, very helpful books on, I mean, to put it in a nutshell, if you've not read it, you know, his grandpa, he says, would not have any... No, no way to, to, to wrap his mind around the idea, you know, if somebody says, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. Just 
from two generations ago, how did we get where we are? And so he traces philosophically, historically, the movement of thought uh, and the evolution of medicine or whatnot in terms of how we have arrived at this place. So Carl will be the keynote speaker next summer, giving four talks, three kind of tracing that out, and then you know, the last couple of chapters of his books kind of give a good way forward. And so he'll summarize that. We'll bring in uh, some other speakers to give expositions of key biblical texts. Um, I'll give one of those talks. I'm, we're bringing Jim Hamilton back again to give a couple of the talks. So looking at whole Bible theology and biblical exegesis along with his talks um, to wrestle through um, the strange new world we're living in, but doing so through the timeless truth of Scripture. Uh, finally, I would just yeah, bring these prayer requests to you guys. Um, yeah, so much of what we're doing and what Elizabeth is helping me to do uh, is all with the aim of us training more European students, more Dutch students. Um, our first conference, the Lord really burdened my heart uh, that Tyndale Theological Seminary should be training more pastors for the pulpits in the Netherlands, and we're not. Uh, and so the Lord has just burdened me that this conference is a part of resourcing those who we can't train because in the Dutch Reformed Church, they have to go to certain schools in order to be ordained for ministry in those churches. But there are people that we can train, you know, largely non-denomination folks, Baptists, Charismatics, you know, free church. And so knowing who we can train, we're seeking to do everything we can to recruit the next generation of pastors. So please pray to that end. After I gave my lectures in Poland, Mateo said, hey, I've got about 10 or 15 Poles that want to come and study with you now. That's great. Pray that God would bring some Polish Baptists to, to study, as well as others from Central and Eastern Europe along with Western Europe. We pray for more pastors for Western Europe and the Netherlands in particular. Um, I would also ask your prayers. We have a new president coming to Tyndale, Gunnar Magi. Uh, he is Estonian, so I'm really excited. He's Estonian, he's Baptist, he's a solid brother, um, and he'll be arriving like any day now, correct? He arrived Friday, so he has arrived. So you can pray retrospectively, Lord, their arrival, may that have gone well. No, pray for him as he settles in and leads the school. Uh, we've been without a president for about a year and a half now. Uh, pray for Elizabeth and me as we invest so much time into Tyndale beyond the classroom. Um, I have writing projects that I need to take care of, a book that I need to get to the publisher, a second book, articles, these kind of things. Um, but we also have three teenagers and an 11-year-old, uh, and they need our full and undivided attention, don't they? Um, yeah, so we're at a busy time in our life, and we're excited to have so much to get to invest our, to invest our lives in, um, but we want to... Um, yeah, we, we, we want to be balanced and we want to, you know, invest in our, in our children significantly during this time. And finally, I would just ask for prayer for, for us, for Elizabeth and, and myself and our kids to love Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's it.